The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 35 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. This week's show, well, in this week's show, Tom and I will be getting into it and discussing the frustrating loss to the Bengals in week 17. We'll get an update on the Arrowhead Pride power rankings from Tom before taking the first look at the Chiefs' week 17 opponents, the Denver Broncos. And no, but first. I know we normally do the but first at this part of the show, but no, but first this week as we're getting straight into it. No messing about. I'm absolutely at boiling point about how this game played out towards the end. I have some very choice words to say about the officiating, which we'll obviously get into later, but also taking nothing away from Jamar Chase, but how the Chiefs managed to let this guy run riot in the secondary without anyone thinking, you know what? That guy wearing the number one jersey, you think we should cover him or what? Anyway, Tom, how are you feeling, mate, after that? Is it bad that three days later I'm still raging? Like, I didn't, mate, it, it, I, I'm very much the same. I'm, I've been listening to the other guys on this podcast, and they're all too calm for me. I'm sitting here three days later, full-on fanning still, and I'm so mad. And I'm so mad at so many things, and we'll get into them all individually as the show goes on. But I cannot remember me being this angry and this mad about a loss in such a long time. Like, I genuinely think it might be the Jeff Triplett game. Might be the last time I was this angry. But even then, that was only like one or two bad things that went wrong. But this game, like, there were so many contributing factors to why I'm mad. It's not just one particular person or set of mm-hmm. official, officials there's so many things i'm mad with and i just can't seem to brush it off is it the consequences of said loss is it the fact now that when we look into the playoff picture later in the show that everything's just become a lot more difficult for the chiefs i don't know but i went into sunday fully expecting the chiefs to breeze past the bengals and for the first 10 minutes or so it looked like it was going to happen and then a, a number of different things happen, and I'm sitting here three days later recording this podcast, thinking I was going to be calmed down at this point, and I'm kind of not. And I, I just no, I don't no. know why. I don't, I don't know. I, am I sexually frustrated? I don't know. Like I just, I, I, just, I have no idea. But have right you not had now, a beer, mate? Is that what it is? I, right now, I am absolutely <laughs> raging about what happened on Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you because, um, and it's not something that. I normally get enraged about, I mean, yes, a loss is, is obviously difficult. To That's take, a lie. <laughs> <laughs> the, the losses. Yes, I do. I do take them a little bit hard than, than, than probably most would, but I don't know what it was about this game. This game just, there was something fishy about it right from the very start. Okay. Um, the, well, I can't really say from the start because the game, I, I, I was saying to anybody, who was listening on social media that Mahomes is putting on a clinic today. And he was the first, the first quarter I was like, Oh man, this is it. This game is going to be over. And I think I even mentioned in our conversation that the chiefs go 14 points in the lead. Hey, that's it. It's game over. You know, this Bengals O line isn't going to cope with the the chiefs defense. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> but, but also the fact that the Chiefs were just, the, the offense was just having its way with the Bengals. And I thought, this is it. I mean, even, I was sat there drinking my beer, watching the game, smug as anything, thinking yeah. that this game was in the bag. We were going to be taking this one seed, obviously the next day, uh, the next game, should I say. And I actually thought that, yeah, we've really, this Chiefs team has really turned a corner here. Yeah. And then the game wasn't really particularly playing out as we hoped to, especially in obviously in the third quarter onwards. Um, and I don't know whether it was the coaching where the Chiefs took the foot off the gas again, or whether it was Spags just having an absolute moment. Mm. Um, on, on especially on one of the plays. Save that one. We'll save that yeah, one. Yeah, we'll save that one. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't just that one play. And I know there's a lot of people putting a lot of emphasis on that third and 27, but it wasn't just that. It was all game. The Chiefs failed to recognise the threat that was Jamar Chase. Yeah. And it's unforgivable that nothing was done. Nothing, no adjustments. There was no doubling up on him. Um, yeah. It was just, it, I mean, we keep saying about this pick the poison thing, right? Yeah. The poison was clearly Jamar Chase. And the Chiefs chose, they picked not to choose that poison. <laughs> it was blatantly obvious that poison was right there. Mm. And I think that was one of the things that led to the frustration as well, because he was wide open. I mean, that amazing run that he had. I don't know how many what how many yards it was. Was it eighty plus yards or something? He had something stupid. Um, he was he was gone. He was out of it. He was it, it was just it was just so frustrating. And later on, again, we'll get into it. The officiating was not up to standard at all, and especially in that last drive. But I echo your thoughts, mate. The the whole thing was just frustrating as hell. It was just it stunk. I don't know what it was. I, and, and I think that's probably the frustrating thing for me. It was you couldn't pinpoint what was to blame for this. There was just yeah. a whole magnitude of things that were at fault here. Yeah. But let's, let's go through some positives because there were some. We... Positives in this game. <laughs> there were some. For for a start, we saw a no-look pass from Patrick Mahomes. There, yes. there, there's something to talk about. Like, if we, Chiefs had won that game, everyone would be talking about them. Patrick Mahomes' no-look pass, which was, again was another terrific play. Blake Bell yeah. played well. Damien Williams had a good game again. Um, the front four had a great game. They were getting pressure on Joe Burrow all the time. Okay, they weren't yeah. finishing their, their their tackles, admittedly, but they were getting pressure. They were doing what they needed to do to help the Chiefs win. So there were a lot of positives. And as you yeah. rightly said, that first half was going so well. The Chiefs were winning, what, 28-17 at halftime. It could have been... 35-17 if it wasn't for um yeah, the yeah if it wasn't yeah. for that penalty on the special teams it could have been 31-17 at half time if Tyreek Hill didn't drop the ball when mm. from one of the most outrageous outrageous throws we've ever seen from Patrick Mahomes like Beautiful, how many air yards was that throw it was like at least it must, must have been have at been least 60. 75 air yards at yeah. least and it was just outrageous. And for Mahomes to put it in the spot, it felt it felt like that play that he did in the Super Bowl, not the one to Damian Williams. It was like that one that he threw in the first quarter to Tyreek Hill, which hit him in hit him in the hands. And again, a defender managed to come in and swipe the ball. Yeah. Like maybe Tyreek Hill's got a problem with catching at the moment. Maybe that's something we need to we need to start talking about, start wondering oh, about. That, that's crazy to say when you know that he's broken, uh, he's broken Travis Kelsey's uh, team record, yeah. doesn't he? Receive uh, of, of catches this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he still seems to have had loads of drops. He's funny. You mentioned, sorry to talk about Arsenal. Like everyone talks about how good a goal scorer, a scorer, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is. And he is yeah. a good goal scorer. Gets a lot of goals. But he also misses so many chances, like mm. the amount of chances. Like, and I'm talking easy chances as well, easy for what should be for a Premier League striker. Like one just tap ins, left foot, right foot. Doesn't matter. He just misses easy chances. Is that what Tyree Kill is? Does it, Tyree Kill make so many good plays that we forget about the bad ones? But unfortunately yeah. for Tyree Kill, this this season, his bad ones have been really, really costly for the Chiefs. 
And like you're talking about like the elite wide receivers at the moment in the league, DeAndre Hopkins, Devante Adams, and Cooper Cup. There's probably the, the three standouts at the moment. It's hard to put Tyreek Hill in that company when he keeps costing his team so severely. Yes, of course, he has a lot of plays where he the team gains from his play, but it just seems like every two or three weeks at the moment, there's just one play from Tyreek Hill that just seems so costly. And that particular drop at that time was a costly one. Yeah, drive colours for sure. Yeah. Um, again, it was it was another additional thing that was frustrating on this. And, yeah. um, you know, I know we're trying to look at, obviously, the positives in this. I mean, again, like you said, you know, Mahomes, he had a good game. He was having a brilliant game. And yeah. it looked like, we, we've always said before, vintage Mahomes. He, he was putting on a clinic. And, again, we don't know whether it was... the. the Andy Reid maybe trying to run the clock down a little bit more than what he should have done maybe in the third quarter because we've seen him do that before. We've, he's, he's gone to the run quite early, hasn't he, in the third mm-hmm. quarter before. And it's been really frustrating because you think there's a whole entire quarter after this as well that, you know, there's a lot of football can still be played. And if we're taking it out of the quarterback's hands, yeah, this is going to let the other team back in. And again, it felt a little bit like that this, this time in this game. Well, you only had, what, three offensive drives in the yeah. second half? That's all they had. One of them was a field goal, I believe. Um, one of them was, I, I might have even been that same drive that was ended um, by that blitz blitz call by Cincinnati, which for once Mahomes wasn't able to pick up the blitz and make the play out. But the one that stuck out to me in the second half in terms of offensive drives was the one where we punted and we were on the Cincinnati like 45 and we're in their half. It's four from five. We, we gained like 30 net yards. Why are we punting in that situation? Yeah, exactly. uh, what, what's the point? Like at this point, the Bengals are pretty much having their way with the Chiefs defense. So why, why worry about 25 yards? It's like, it's not like what the Chargers did to us in our head. They realized that possession of the football was far more important than mm-hmm. field position. And it's true. Yeah. And, and the sooner that Andy Reid realizes that, that he actually realizes it's better to keep the hands in the, uh, keep the ball in the hands of the best player in the world rather than give it to their superstar quarterback too. I, I just I just don't understand that one. Yes, the Bengals come out and made adjustments, but the Chiefs just didn't. For whatever reason, the Bengals looked like a completely different team in the second half where the Chiefs didn't look the same. They just looked bad and looked like a, a team that was pretty much outmatched in the second half and I just I just don't understand and, and it's not just players either in terms of coaching they were outmatched and when we get to the end of the game in the last few minutes the Bengals the way they handled the situation was far greater than the Chiefs did. Andy Reid has been known to uh, let's say close the playbook a little bit to try and shut off a game but, but- he didn't even do that. It's, it's not even a case of closing it's, it's, his labor. He got into field position. They had okay. They had a free and out to start the half, and then they had the one we're talking about with the blitz, which ended up in a field goal. And then they got to good field position. There wasn't. It wasn't because the Chiefs. There was no killer instinct there. There was nothing yeah, but, there. Was yeah, it? but that wasn't. That wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That's on Andy Reid. But it yeah. wasn't closing the playbook, as it were. It's just no. situationally they weren't very good. It that wasn't help that Kelsey dropped a ball on on third down either. But I just, I just don't understand this, this, this fear of keeping your team on the field, keeping the best yeah. offense in the NFL on the field, fourth and fifth. For Mahomes, fourth and five, sorry, for Mahomes is nothing. Do you remember the days when it used to be third and 15? And we'd be like, oh, it's third and Mahomes. And we used to laugh at teams. Like they'd be happy that they got a sack or there was a holding penalty against one of the offensive linemen. They'd think, oh, we're going to get the Chiefs off the field now. Mahomes just stuck two fingers up at them, rolled out and then hit an open receiver. Like those, yeah. those days are gone. It feels like, or genuinely, it feels like those days are gone. And it starts with like Andy Reid. Like Andy Reid, put some confidence into your offense. You got believe like in them, yeah. Forty yeah. yards to like to the to their end zone. Why? Why are we punting when we're in the opposition's territory? I just do not understand. And I've got, I like I said to you, I'm angry for a number of different reasons, and there are four reasons. Hill drop, Spags. Andy Reid, and obviously the officiating. Yeah, Andy Reid's probably third on my list. He probably could be second, to be honest. But I just, I, I'm just sitting here like now, and I just, I just do not understand why Andy Reid just doesn't trust Mahomes in those situations. Oh, 
we've said before, it's this killer instinct that sometimes he lacks or they're not situationally aware of the fact that maybe if I did this, it'll turn the screw a little bit more against yeah. his team, add a bit more pressure onto them instead of the pressure going onto us. Your defense um, isn't getting a stop anyway. So who yeah. cares? Who cares? You might as well just go for it. You might as well just go for it because you know what's going to happen as soon as they get the ball anyway. They're going to score. Yeah. I just don't get it. I don't. Should we go on to the, uh, the, the, the big moments, should we say, in this game? I mean, you know, there was quite a few big moments anyway from like some Holmes and from uh, Jamal Chase. But, man, we've got to talk about it. And, and I've heard quite a few podcasts this week um, where I'm just going, please just mention the officiating. And it's also, it's, it's almost been brushed off as though, don't sound like a bit of fan. Don't be that fan that's like, you're blaming it on, you know, match fixing and all that kind of stuff. And I want to address that because I want to say that, no, the officials have to be held accountable for a lot of their decisions. And especially in games like this, where there's a lot riding on it. Um, I mean, there's been people out there when I, when I went absolutely mental on, on Facebook and Twitter and really having a go at the, the officials on this. And I'll say again, it wasn't just the officials in this game. But what I saw in this game was nothing short of sensationalizing the outcome of the probably what's going to play out in the next game. And what I mean by that is if the Chiefs won this game, it meant that there was the Chiefs and probably the Titans who were fighting out for the for the for the one seed. Yeah. Yeah. There was only two teams in it. Well, say two teams in it. Um, but with the way the game played out, and if the Chiefs lost this, and obviously we know that the Titans won their game, it now comes into play that there's four teams now able to get that one seed. Now, this is where I get put my, my metal hat on and I put my tinfoil hat on here and I start you know, drawing up all sorts of conspiracy theories, but if you are a sports organisation, going into the last game of the season... You want four teams in the AFC going for that one seed. You don't want just one or two teams going into this. I'm not with right. you. You're not with me? No, no I'm not. I, I'll tell you why. You you carry on your point, but I'll tell you exactly right. why I disagree with you. Right. Okay. Okay. And it's good. We disagree on this. This is this is good. But I I I've seen it before, and I've seen it already recently in this year. Right. Not just in the NFL. I've seen it in the other sports, especially what we saw in the F1, the Formula One recently, where there was a guy in a position of power was pressured into making a decision outside of the rules, which generated a better spectacle at the end of the sport, right? And I'm talking obviously about Michael Massey in the Formula One, who was the race director. He changed the rules slightly to have a last lap race, which was um, you euphoric ending to a full season sports organizations i believe have a little bit of a hand in how they want these kind of games to play out because it is all money at the end of the day and there is there is a need to have that entertainment elevated to a point so that it plays out into some kind of storylines okay right I know I'm hum- I'm hugging the mic. I'm here. so I'm tempted to sit here and do like the whole skip by this. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? It's my turn. But that's what I believe. And I think we I'm not just calling it on this one Chiefs game. I'm not just saying this game's fixed, it's an absolute outrage. What I'm saying is sometimes the officiating might be influenced by certain outcomes that could play out and could be beneficial to the sports organizations such as the NFL. We've seen it in other sports. Okay. I'll let you talk now, Tom. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? <laughs> it's your turn. It's your it's turn. turn. Um, skip. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just no. You're not I, having it. I... I I do think the officials were god awful on Sunday. They were bad. Right. But I just think that's exactly what it was. I just think it was inept people making bad decisions. That's all it was. You like don't brush it off, Tom. Don't brush it off. No, I, and I do. And I I do hold the league accountable for that. Like I only found out this weekend that NFL officials aren't full-time officials. Why? Why aren't they full-time? Why isn't that jo- their job? 
That is a good point. Fantasy, yeah. Like, why not? Why have we got people that are doing this on a part-time basis? There's too much at stake to let part-timers be in control of this. And you've got people who are substitute referees playing line judge when they're normally a back judge. Like, what? Yeah. Why aren't these people fully cross-trained to do their job properly? Like, I can't walk into work and, like, I work in logistics and there's loads of different roles in my logistics department. I have to know how to do every single job. Why can't referees know how to do every single job? Do you know why they don't? Because they're part-time. They should be full-time. And to your point of the NFL saying, ah, oh, let's make week 18 of the NFL season more exciting. No, because essentially... Oh, come on. No, no, because... You're telling me that they want to make week 18 more exciting. Well, the the flip side of that is that you could have Ryan Tannehill in the Super Bowl. You don't yeah. want Ryan Tannehill. The, the, the NFL don't want Ryan Tannehill in the Super Bowl. Well, no, they, they won't. They, they won't because they'll they'll arrange it so that he won't <laughs> into the Super Bowl. No, yeah, but by by apparently screwing the Chiefs over, in your words, or like basically what you're describing, they gave yeah. the Tennessee Titans that quick route, the, the easier route to the Super Bowl, thus making Ryan Tannehill's chances of playing in the Super Bowl. They don't want Ryan Tannehill versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. They don't no, they want don't. that. Right. They want Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. I agree they, with you. Yeah, but if they want Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, why the hell would the NFL rig a game to screw the Chiefs? They wouldn't. I just it think... Could, I just think be a weak scenario. I think it was people who aren't good enough at their job in a, having a role and responsibility that they just shouldn't have. And referees should be held accountable and they should be performance reviewed, 100%. And all of those referees should be pulled into a meeting on Monday, shown the tape and say, you got this wrong, you got this wrong, you got this wrong. How are we going to better you going forward? Yes, you could argue there should be more technology involved. You know me, I am so anti-technology in sport. I just, especially, (laughs) especially with anything subjective. And unfortunately, pass interference calls, things like that, are subjective calls. They are, they, they, everyone has a different opinion. You stick 10 blokes in the bar, stick on some tape, not all 10 of those blokes are going to have the same opinion. Unfortunately, that's how, well, that's what being subjective means. Okay. Yeah. So they, that technology should not help in that department, but let's just make the guys bear at their job, teach them to have a feel for the game a little bit. Like they know that the Chiefs receivers are handsy receivers. Uh, the Chiefs cornerbacks are handy, handsy cornerbacks. Okay, give them a little bit of warning. If they do it too much, then you throw, throw the penalty. But the Chiefs didn't warrant that. Rashad Fenton didn't warrant that. The Legereus Sneed certainly didn't warrant that. But yeah. then there's not only that. There's the things like the false start penalties. Like that. That's just bread and butter. Like the referee has a got better... two of those wrong. Yeah, the, yeah, the referee has a better view, than, or the side judge has a better view than anyone else in the entire stadium about that sort of thing. And they're getting that wrong. That's elementary stuff. They, they need to sort that out. And until the referee, until the NFL decide to make referees full time and, and then they're constantly practicing their craft, harnessing their craft, until they get to that point, we're going to continue to get bad referees. And especially with the amount of pressure they're on as well under, they've got so much pressure under them. We all have to admit that. And they are only human. Until they're helped by the league, you're going to continue to see inept refereeing decisions all the time. My issue with that is, is why is it always seems to be the bad officiating happens right towards the end of the game? Because a lot of that, a lot of what went, what went on in that final drive was some of it was completely uncalled for. I mean, that, that, that horse collar, that imaginary phantom horse collar that happened uh, with Legereus Sneed. I mean, you could see Andy Reid was livid on the sidelines. That but the I, do that- you know what? Of all the penalties, that's the one I kind of like. I kind of understand the referee's point of view from that one. Really? I do. Like, because think about it. We've got the benefit of replay. They don't. Yeah. Yes, I just sat here and said, I don't want replay in it because I, I just don't. <laughs> I really don't want replay in it. Right. But they they had the, they had didn't have the benefit of replay. So they're, 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 it's bang, bang to them. And yeah. I kind of get that one. Other ones are stupid and like terrible decisions. The Jerry Sneed one was by far and away the worst one. I'm not talking about the face mask. I'm talking about the, the Phantom PI when the Bengals had third and yeah. nine or whatever and they would have got, got the field. That was, that was just... Oh, he just, just slapped just slapped his chest and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Yeah, was hardly even that, was it? The ball was... The, I think the ball was out before they even got to him. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's... 
obviously because we were on the, the the bad end of this and like we were the victims of this obviously we're going to remember this but we've probably had games in the past where we've benefited from it as well and it's okay oh, we, you can sit here and say oh, it swings and roundabouts and i'm kind of saying it is but this one in particular kind of swang a little bit too far for me like it was a bit too unfair there was too much uh, in such a short amount of time for me to sit here and say okay it's okay the rest are only human i just feel like they're just bad at their job at this point <laughs> and they were the ones that actually got sub- substituted in from yeah. uh, the original crew that were going to be there as well which is obviously it's added to the conspiracy theories out there that you know this uh this officiating crew was brought in and um they're almost like robots yeah. and the the yes men for the nfl i've heard all of that i've listened to all of that well um, i was quite lucky when but, i can sit here and say yeah. that the most affected i've been by covid is the chiefs losing the game to the bengals like um <laughs> I'm, 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 I've, I've certainly been lucky in that regards <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yeah just going back to what you were saying about the uh the the, the a lot of the penalties and a lot of the flags that came up i mean some of them were just completely out of order um and i can't believe that we've like you were saying before about the you know not being held accountable to this these referees need to be dragged over the calls especially for the joe burrow one you know when he false started and they got they called encroachment yeah. they called encroachment on chris jones and i was like what, how how is that even where do you just, stand where do you stand on andy reed not calling out the referees like he said that's he what the comment but he didn't yeah. want to be fined and I led, find... I led that with that on our headlines on Monday. And I can yeah, tell you right now, that particular headlines is, has got so many hits. Like, cons, everyone has seen that headlines, like every Chiefs fan, because I think it's angered a lot of people as well that why, why, why worry about being fined? Why not call out the referees? What, how is anything going to get better if you're not going to call these people out? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm a little bit like that as well because he said he wanted to he wanted to say something about each one, didn't he? Yeah. And he didn't. He said I don't want to get fined for that. I'm, I'm only here so I won't get fined. Um, but I suppose in a way, if 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 Andy Reid goes on a bit of a rant on the mic, ready going into like the last week of the season where you yeah. know, they they are still battling for the first seed. I think that's probably what was on the back of his mind. He was thinking, no, this isn't going to help or benefit the team. If I start calling yeah. the referees and saying it's all fixed, then, you know, I, I, I don't know, I throw the table across the room, which I was doing actually at home. Um, <laughs> I think that he was probably thinking more of the beneficial. It, it wouldn't benefit the team in that way. That's if he suddenly had a, <laughs> an absolute meltdown <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> Just had a tantrum on, on the press conference. Yeah. On, but, on the- but for me, for me, that spoke a lot of volumes because I thought, Clearly, there's something there because I mean, I'm you know I'm not a guy that's you know regularly playing the game, and I've I've not been involved in the game as long as Andy Reid has, and I haven't got the coaching badges or the experiences Andy Reid has. But for somebody like Andy Reid to say that, it kind of got me on the right lines of thinking. Yeah, there's some frustration. Yeah, is there in this officiating? Well, it wasn't the fans, just him. Quite rightly, Colin Saunders. Colin Saunders took straight to Twitter after the game. Yeah. And said how it's one of the worst officiated games ever. So it just wasn't fans. The, the, you could tell the frustrated frustration on the players and in the um, in the coaches. But enough about referees. Let's not let the coaches off the hook because I've already gone off about um, Andy Reid a little no. bit already this show. But we need to, and I'll get back to Andy Reid because last two minutes I was not happy with how that was handled either. But the um, third and twenty-seven. Let's talk about it. Um, it's going to be one of those plays that when everyone, some, when everyone, someone says, "Oh, third and twenty-seven, yeah, you're just going to sigh or you're going to punch the person in the face." Like that's what's going to happen. Um, so <laughs> it's third and twenty-seven. The Bengals are just in field goal range. They've got a great kicker, yeah. so probably yeah, in field goal range. They haven't stopped the Bengals' offense in what seems forever. There's six minutes left. You've got an opportunity to get Patrick Mahomes on the field, and what does Spags do? He dials up a blitz, sends eight guys, leaving Chaberis Ward on an island against Jamar Chase once again. What the hell was he thinking? Mate. I, do you know what? When this when I, did it. As soon as I saw all seven guys at the line, seven, eight guys at the line scrimmage, I was I was shouting at the TV, 
Someone call a timeout. Someone call a timeout. Someone call a timeout. I was I was sitting there waiting for Andy Reid to intervene because yeah. I was like, please don't call a blitz. Please don't call a blitz. Like, what are you doing? And this is me yeah. seeing this. And like, and I, I know that there are a lot of fans that are doing exactly the same. It wasn't like our oh, retrospect anger. People were angry no, was- before the snap even happened. Because it was they in the see, play. Yeah, it was it was right they could before see it. Yeah. What was about to happen? Because we'd yeah. seen it all bloody game. That's why. <laughs> and we'd seen Jamar Chase just absolutely destroy Traverius Ward. And it's not Traverius Ward's fault. He played his coverage wasn't he covered him. But Jamar yeah. Chase just had an outworldly day. And unfortunately, yeah. he had the hot hand. And Steve Spagnolo didn't go, actually, let's let's do something about that. No, he sent eight guys. I just just I just don't get it. The D line was getting yeah. pressure without blitzing. So why bother? Drop your guys into coverage. Let them kick the field goal. Get the yeah. best player in the world back on the field. It's not hard. But instead, we lost the game. And as soon as they converted that, I knew we were going to lose. I just, I just yeah. knew it. It was, it was written in the stars at that point, and we we're going to lose. Third and twenty-seven. A joke. It was a joke, and completely agree with you that even me with my limited knowledge of play calls and stuff like that, I could see that right at the start thinking, no, please don't send the house. Please don't send the house. Um, and when it played out and you, obviously we saw um, how it played out, I instantly went on Twitter and said third and 27, I put it in big letters, third and 27 and you send the house WTF. Yeah. And the amount of likes I got, it's probably the amount of likes I got on that tweet was record time because <laughs> everybody was thinking the same. I probably couldn't get the tweet out quick enough, you know. Um, but I agree with you. I don't know whether it's an ego thing because um, credit to Spags this year because he has created this defense and he's making he's making sure this defense has suddenly become legit again. But this defense does he- rely heavily on blitzing. And the nice part. I think I think he's probably thought, do you know what? It's done. It's served as well over the last eight games. Yeah, let's do it again. What's the worst that could happen, <laughs> Doctor Pepper? I know. Yeah, it was the worst could happen. But I know in his own mind as well. Again, this is this ego thing. I think he was thinking, well, we can get there in with four or three. Let's send everybody. And let's push him further back out of field goal range. Yeah, which completely backfired because then he's gone. He's, he's opened the door literally wide open for a first down, and that drive ends in. I think that drive ended in a, a touchdown as well, didn't it? It did. Well, it was the game-winning drive. It was yeah, the last drive. it was the last drive. So, so you've literally blown the game wide open mm-hmm. by doing that. I mean, yes, they, they, they were knocking on the door anyway, but he's left it wide open, and again. I'm running out of tables in this house because I, I nearly kicked one of them right mm. across the room because it was such a, like you said, it's, it was almost like a defining moment in that game, which you knew was going to happen. And that's the frustration. Again, that's probably why a lot of the fans are frustrated about this because it's another added thing that's that's thrown into this pot and mixed up. But mm. we all have to kind of take on board and going, what the hell were you thinking? Well, not to make you more mad. <laughs> Winding me up today. <laughs> so right, we will get to a break sooner rather than later. Um, I asked on Twitter yesterday because I couldn't be bothered to do the research uh, research myself. Um, how often does a third and twenty five plus get converted in the NFL without involving uh, defensive pass interference or an illegal contact penalty? Well, Twitter did its thing, and more more specifically, uh, Taylor Witt of the Always Sunny podcast. Um, he come back to me. And come back to me. And here you go. Since 1994, so I assume that's when they started logging these records, teams are 59 <laughs> out of 1,406 on third or fourth down with 25 yards to go, excluding penalties or rushing attempts. The How team, many said again? 59 of 1,406. So, that's not even close. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Chiefs are the only team in the NFL in that time to give up five or more of them, two of which have been this year. The oh, Browns done it as well on fourth and 31 man, on the last play of the me first half. And the rest of Chiefs kingdom with that stat. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a great stat. Who was that who said that? Uh, Taylor Witt. 
the Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom podcast. What a start that is, mate. That yeah. is a brilliant start, but it, it's triggered everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get to the other blo- let's get to the other guy, the other bad guy in this situation. By the way, I do love these guys. I love these blokes a lot. If they just annoyed me a little bit on Sunday, he's like, you know. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed type thing. Um, but Andy reading that last two minutes, why the, why, 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 why did they not let the Bengals score? Yeah. Everyone was calling for him to score. Everyone was. Let yeah, them right. score. They even have a play call for it. And Anthony Hitchens was saying yesterday that the play's called freeway. Just mm. use it. Again, it's, it's, we're talking about earlier. Get the ball into the best player in the world's hands. Mm-hmm. And you don't. I would much rather Mahomes with two timeouts and uh, two timeouts and two minutes trust him to go and score a touchdown. Then yeah. what happens? It just it was so frustrating again to watch a game. And it was like dying a slow death. It, it really was, yeah. was because you're just sitting there just hoping for a miracle, a botch snap or something like that, or a sliced field goal or something. But you just could see yeah. what was happening. And it was just highly frustrating. And the Bengals, okay, they played it to a T. Admittedly, they got a bit lucky with a referee's call towards the end. But in general, they, dra- they drained so much time off the clock and the Chiefs just let them do it. And it was just another major coaching mishap on... Andy Reid's part. It's probably why yeah. he was so frustrated because as as bad as the referees were and they were bad, he also know, he probably knows that the Chiefs lost by three points. That's all they lost by. Lost by three points and there was more than enough in this game for the Chiefs to win it, even with all the terrible refereeing decisions. They only need like one or two more things to go their way and the yeah. Chiefs are fighting for the... Uh, Chiefs are going to have the number one seed after this weekend, but poor coaching, poor execution from some receivers... We have to say poor execution from some defenders, poor play calling from Steve Spagnolo. Just a number of different things went wrong on on Sunday night when it all looked so rosy early on. And I think I think we should probably end it at that because I think we've been talking about this game for like thirty minutes now, and we don't want to wind everyone up. We don't want everyone frustrated. We want people to continue to leave good reviews. Thank you to all those guys that left us a nice review in the last week. I think we've got four yeah. reviews, four reviews in the last week. Someone said that they loved That's our Lego channel, by the way. Um, so, um, yeah. We so we'll leave, channel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. And then when we get back, we're uh, trying to talk about some happier things, shall we? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with your boys from the kingdom, Brad and Tom. AP Power Rankings time. We've got our guru, our mm. Power Rankings guru, Tom. Mate, let's get this over and done with because we've got some things to talk about after this. But uh, who's the top five this week? Okay, the top five, a bit of change this week. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in fifth. The Tennessee Titans are big mover this week, up from 10th to 4th. Los Angeles Rams are a third. The Kansas City Chiefs stay at the top with short-lived. They're second now. And deservedly out in front are the Green Bay Packers, the uh, number one team yeah. in the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings. Yeah, kind of kind of expected that, I think, after that. But uh, yeah, okay. Uh, um, and who's the highest movers, did you say? The highest movers, the Tennessee Titans, 10th to 4th. Everyone's buying into them after beating the Dolphins. It, it seems. I just, I, I, I don't get that one myself personally. No. I, I had them much lower than that. Um, yes, okay, they're the number one team in the AFC by record, but 
On the eye, absolutely not. Maybe because Derek Henry's coming back. Maybe, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that. Yeah, yeah he, he returned to practice today, didn't he? So, he did. um, yeah. The wrong time for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, let's briefly look at the Broncos because, um, I mean, yeah, okay, it is the final game of the season against the Broncos. We've already given them a bit of a spanking earlier on in the season and they are hurting as well because they haven't got their number one quarterback who's yeah. still injured is on IR. And uh, I think actually I saw today that Drew Locke is actually questionable for this game as well at the minute. But we'll take that with a pinch of salt because questionables can change in the blink of an yeah. eye, can't they? He's playing. They're, um, they're fairly hopeful, fairly optimistic that he's going to play. And play it's him. a big game for Drew Locke. He needs to put some film out yeah. on tape because... Um, he needs to show Denver that he's the guy. They don't know really know what they're doing at quarterback next year. So yeah, he'll be back. Um, I this game is a funny one because it just feels like an end of season like gimme, and <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't because it's a divisional game on the road. But the Broncos just have absolutely nothing to play for. Mm. Like, are they going to be already? Exactly, exactly. And we don't know if Vic Fangio is coming back next year. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Yeah, there's some young guys in there that will obviously want to impress. But overall, I just feel like the, the Broncos are so outmatched, especially when it comes to defensive line versus offensive line and that particular quarterback. The, the Chiefs defense is just going to have too much, um, especially for, for that particular quarterback. Offensively, yeah, we know the Chiefs are going to struggle against the Broncos. They always seem to struggle against the Broncos. For whatever reason, Vic Fangio manages to pull up a decent game plan for Mahomes. But overall, this Saturday night game or this Saturday afternoon game in, in the States is not going to be much of a contest. I'm, I'm struggling to understand why they actually moved it to the Saturday in the first place, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I thought, yeah. Why? Why did they flex that? Because it doesn't make any sense. If you were going to flex a game, you were going to have a game that would be there would be something riding on it. I mean, yeah, okay, the Chiefs are going for the one seed, but you want a bit more of a tastier matchup than that, surely? Yeah, unless unless they're thinking is that if they put them as the early game and the Chiefs win, it's a lot of pressure for the Tennessee Titans and the Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills, whoever else going for the number one seed. Maybe that was their way of thinking. Maybe they just think actually Mahomes' box office, let's get him on in front of the national audience. I, I, I'm I'm not too sure. I just don't. I don't really get it. I'm I'm glad for it because I'm busy Sunday night. Uh, so uh, it worked out a treat. It, it worked out a treat for me. But um, yeah, Saturday you night. Pulled it, you pulled in a favour with the NFL. You, I mean, that's what you've done. You pulled in a favour. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but like um, the NFL, that they can be persuaded. They can be rigged. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. You just proved my point. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, the, the the Broncos, like you said, I think they're already on the beach. Uh, I think, like you said, it's not going to be um, this this amazing game. It's going to be like an exhibition game. <laughs> wow, <laughs> saying that, watch this. It's going to be like fifty-one, fifty-two, or something yeah. like that. You watch it, <laughs> you can tell, can't you? <laughs> it will, it will, though. Like you said, I mean, I, there's going to be a lot of players who, um, yeah, they, I mean, they're, they're not going to be in the playoff hunt, so they're going to want to try and keep themselves healthy as well. They're not going to yeah. put put the bodies on the line to uh to to ruin the you know their off season. I just think this is this is just gonna be a dub. It's got a dub written all over it for me. Yeah, me too. Me too. Rest yeah. ones to watch quickly. Yeah, ones to watch. Um I think for me, Cortland Sutton, I think after the after what we saw with uh Travis Ward, I think if if Cortland Sutton um you know lights it up um then yeah, I think he could be one to watch, uh, especially with what, what we saw recently with the, the Chiefs' defence and how they struggled against the wide receivers. What about you? I'm looking forward to watching Drew Locke play. I'm not going to lie. He's really? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I find him quite likable as a person. Yeah, yeah he's likable, yeah. I do. I find him quite likable. And I, he's one of these guys, you know when some people are just nice and you want them to succeed in life? That, that <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how I feel about Drew Locke, but I don't want him to succeed at the Broncos. So it'd be nice if he has a good game this week and plays well and then potentially signs with the team and gets a gig elsewhere. That that would be cool. But um, at the same time, I don't want him to have the sort of game that ruins the Chiefs' chances of securing the second or first seed. So yeah, um, yeah Drew, 
I don't think Drew Luck is a one to watch in terms of he can change his game because he can't. He's not good enough. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I'm quite looking forward just to watching that happy guy play. <laughs> it's such a such a bad reason to enjoy anyone. But yeah, I just I just think he I just think he's a likable person. <laughs> Look at that quarterback. He's got a smile on his face. I'm yeah. gonna watch him. Oh, well, one of my favorite players ever was Heinz Ward. Uh, the receiver for the Steelers, yeah, because he always played yeah. with a smile on his face. It, was, it didn't matter. If, it didn't matter if he was getting punched in the mouth. He just always got a smile. Like he must, yeah. like people, like his brothers and stuff like that, and his classmates must have thought he had the most slappable face in the world because he's just always <laughs> smiling. But for me, I, I like people that smile. Some people say you can't trust people that smile all the time. Not me. I'm I'm a happy guy. Heinz Ward, keep smiling. Good luck. Keep smiling. Keep smiling, Drew Luck. Uh, what about the Chiefs? Ah, uh, Charverius Ward <laughs> has to be Charverius Ward because <laughs> what happened on Sunday? He's he ha- gonna want. He's gonna want to prove himself, hasn't he? Yeah, for sure. He's had such a good season. Um, like, like, let's be honest. Up until Sunday, we were all singing his praises, and then on Sunday, yeah. he just got done. He had a bad week. Let's see how he responds. Let's see if Drew Luck targets him, shall we? Yeah, I tell you what, if Drew Luck come, if Drew Luck and Cortland Sutton come out and put two sixty yards and three touchdowns on Chilvarius Ward, then we have got a problem going into. We've the got field. issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Derek Gore. Okay, because I think it's going to get to the point where the Chiefs starters are going to come off at halftime, and we're going to get the backups on, and I think Derek Gore is going to have a bit, have himself a bit of a game. Okay, so, and 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 I like what I've seen from him. He's done done some lovely breakout runs recently. Yeah, um, and we we said this in the previous podcast about the, the the kind of diversity that we've got in that running back stable at the minute. And um, you know, I like what we've seen with Daryl Williams, but also Derek Gore really, really yeah. is. He lights it up when he gets his chance, and uh, I like watching him. So yeah, it's we'll going to be interesting that. to see how the Chiefs handle some contracts this. Uh, this offseason because Daryl uh, Williams probably deserves a renewal. Derek Gore yeah. will probably deserve something as well. And then Clyde, they've still got a couple of years left on Clyde, but the conversations will probably start this offseason. So it'd be interesting to see how they handle it. But yeah, I agree. I like Derek Gore. He only had the one drive on Sunday and he made that count. I think Daryl Williams yeah. had like 80 to 90% of the snaps on Sunday. It was heavy Daryl Williams game, but Derek Gore, whenever he plays, he seems to make things happen. And yeah, yeah I, I agree. If the Chiefs are in a favourable position on sun, on Saturday, then we could see, we could see Chad Henney and Derek Gore come in and yeah. let them let them wreak havoc on the Broncos defence. Chad Henney Hed- given Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll do with quick predictions, but then we'll we'll actually do the uh, the other main chat that we're going to talk about, which is going to be the playoff picture. But quick predictions. I've gone for the Chiefs thirty four, Broncos ten. Okay, I don't think the Chiefs score that many points against Vic Vangio's defense. I think they struggled okay. too much in the past. I, I, I'm going to go 27-10 um, okay. in, in favor of Drew Lock. No, in favor of the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Lock would be happy with ten points, wouldn't he? Yeah, he will be as long as he's happy. I'm happy. Yeah, uh, tw- <laughs> tw- twenty-seven ten to the case. Twenty-seven ten. Right. Okay. Then. Right. Let's look briefly well not say briefly we're going to talk about it quite in depth in this but the uh obviously with everything that happened with the previous game against the bengals it opens up this playoff picture again and uh it's widened this uh this margin shall we say that uh we've now got clearly four teams going for the one seed and i think a lot of chiefs kingdom has kind of fessed up to the fact that we might not get the one seed because the titans are playing the texans Derek Henry's coming back. It sounds like it's going to be a dub for them. I mean, although the Texans did beat them previously, but I think didn't the team have a lot of COVID or something back then or something? So it might not have been a fair reflection on how the Titans were playing that game, but there is a little bit of glimmer of hope there. Yeah, but course. with the Chiefs um, now seemingly looking at maybe getting the two, three, or four seed. It's going to be um, the two. I don't even think we need to run through the scenarios of the third and the fourth seed because it's just... Oh, not no, we're just happen. going to go with the second seed. The, yeah. the, the yeah. Chiefs, I, I fully expect the Tennessee to beat the Texans and I fully expect the Chiefs to beat the Denver Broncos. And if uh, both of those results happen, the Chiefs are a minimum, uh, will, will, will be the second seed. So we need to go from there, really. Like, who, who, yeah. 
out of the possible teams, there's four possible teams we could play. The the Steelers, the Raiders, the Chargers and the Colts. Um, obviously, the Steelers is a minuscule chance of us play, getting the Steelers. But the big ones at the moment, it looks like percentage-wise, it's, it's going to be the Chargers. If, we, if, if results go the way they should and the Chargers beat the Raiders and the Colts beat the Jags, it's going to be the LA Chargers coming into Arrowhead next weekend. I don't like that. And I'll say why I don't like that is because the last time we played the Chargers, and yes, I know we won and we beat them. I see too much in the Chargers that can really kind of affect this Chiefs team. And I really, really, I actually fear the Chargers probably more out of the rest of those teams that are on that list. And it's crazy to think that you've got, if you're getting the, one, if you're getting the, the two seed and you're playing somebody like the Chargers, that doesn't sound fair to me. Um, especially what we've had recently where we've had the one and the two seed always that used to get the bye. Yeah. Now, yeah. all of a sudden, you've got this this monster matchup between Herbert and Mahomes, yeah. Chiefs and Chargers, you know, and anything can happen. And we've seen that in this season as well. You know, the Chiefs lost to the Chargers. They won against the Chargers. That's the, that's the fearful thing for me. I think if we, if we manage to sidestep the Chargers, we've got a much better run at the Super Bowl. But for me, the Chargers are definitely... They're, they're, they're almost the Chiefs killer at the minute, the way they've been built up. Yeah, Dan Roger Goodell adding that seventh seed into the playoff picture is another reason to, to to dislike it because if it was the old way, the Chiefs would have a bye once again, just like we did in yeah. 2019. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers and all that lot. Um, yeah, I agree with you. The Chargers are the team I want to avoid. Like, I was yeah. kind of scared of the Colts. A little bit like not like not petrified, just wary of them. But then they yeah. went and lost to the Raiders. And it's just like you lose to the Raiders, you kind of lose a little bit of respect in my eyes. And I, this isn't to say that the Chargers are going to beat the Raiders because they might not. The Raiders might win. But if I had to pick any of the three teams, because let's really let's exclude the Steelers because that's not going to happen. And uh, let's exclude the Steelers. Um, I probably want the Chiefs to face the Raiders because mm-hmm. Yes, and we we just know what Derek Carr in our head is at this point. That's exactly it. it. It's it's we know we know the team that we're facing, and we know how they tick and how they don't tick yeah. at our head. Yeah, um, I I, th- I I agree with you. The Raiders, for me, uh, yeah, they picked up a little bit in recent weeks, but I I I honestly think that Andy Reid's got the Raiders number, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it that. They're the ones that I would really, really like to face the most. But I would, I really wouldn't mind facing the Colts. Like you said I'd before, I, I think the Colts looked a little bit deadly, you know, midway through the season, I suppose. Um, but yeah, for now, I think uh, I think the Colts, Colts are, are going to be struggling a little bit. But yeah, we have to remember as well because for us sitting here going, "Oh, we don't want this team. We don't want this team." Blah blah. blah. You know that all three of those teams are sitting there saying, we do not want to go to our head as well. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They are probably more scared of us than we are of them. We've just got this wariness about the charges because of how aggressive they are and how are they like they are kind of like the anti-chiefs in terms of aggressiveness. So I understand why we would feel like that. And obviously, Justin Herbert has a winning record in our head. He's played there twice and won there twice. Hard to count last year's um, week seventeen game, but he got the dub there. Chances of him getting three in a row, yeah, potential. I I don't think the Chiefs match up particularly well, particularly well against the Chargers at all times. I don't think the two coaches match up particularly well because of their different philosophies. Um, Like I said a minute ago, they are kind of like the anti-Chiefs. But at the same time, if they do come into our head, I'm I'm not scared. I'm just a bit wary. I just, I don't, More nervous. I don't, what I don't like is I don't like the fact that things got significantly harder. That's mm. why I don't like. And this stems from the frustration from Sunday. The Chiefs mm. were looking at an avenue where they might have had to play, I don't know, the Patriots and then the the Patriots and then the tight away to the Titans or home to the Bengals or something like that. They, yeah. they would have had to have two games at Arrowhead. Now this just made it so much harder for themselves. Now they're in a position where they're going to have to win three games in the AFC playoffs, probably more than likely against two teams that they've already lost to this season as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's, that's where my frustration lies 
Yes, the Chiefs can get to the Super Bowl. They absolutely can get to the Super Bowl. There's a reason why they're still the AFC favourites. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, I feel like it's going to be like one hell of a roller coaster for us to get there and put your pacemakers in because it's going to be one hell of a ride. <laughs> <laughs> just going back to the one seed showdown, something in there that I want to throw in that um, another conspiracy could, could crop up here. And it seems we're on a conspiracy show. But if the, any by any chance that the Patriots get the one seed, the fix is in. You heard it here first, right? <laughs> As you want, one scenario we didn't talk lose, about. The Titans lose and everybody else lose and the Patriots <laughs> get the one seed. You know the fix is in, right? <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about, and we should probably talk about quickly before we go, is the scenario going around that if the Indianapolis Colts lose to the Jags. And if that happens and the LA Chargers and Las Vegas Raiders draw or tie in American terms on Saturday, on Sunday night, then the Chargers and the Raiders both make the playoffs at the Colts expense. And if the Colts do lose, do you expect both teams to take knees throughout? It's funny because I saw uh, Ian Rappaport saying this. Yeah. And they're all talking about this this morning that, um, you know, oh, they're all just going to take knees. It's going to be a game of people, you know, all the quarterbacks taking knees. Yeah. And he says, ah, he says, I don't trust the, the fact that the Raiders might just go, yeah, let's do that. And then on the last play, they'll throw a touchdown and go, yeah, go on, get out, you lot. We'd, I, we've done you over, you know. <laughs> I think there'll, there'll still be a competitive element because I don't think either team will trust each other just to take knees all the way throughout the game. Yeah, but you've you've seen it in other sports though. Like you've seen, oh. like you played in World Cups and Champions League and stuff like in group they just play for a draw. Yeah, when a draw sends both teams through, and teams go out on the field and they play the most passive game of football ever. Like they never overcommit anyone. <laughs> yes, yeah. they, they 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 try and score goals by trying to score goals. They shoot from forty five yards or whatever. Like there's no yeah. there's there's no actual attempts on goal. We've we've seen it in other sports, and I fully expect the Chargers and the Raiders to go through with it if that situation yeah. arises. Because think about it, you're guaranteeing yourself a playoff spot. And mm-hmm. you're effectively giving your players a week off at the same time. Yeah. Like all of those hits that they're not getting because they're taking these. I just think for me, it would be perfect. It, I honestly, I've never wanted something to happen that doesn't involve <laughs> the Chiefs so much. You just want the world to burn you, man. That's because what you of, want. I just want it to be a big F you to the NFL and say, this is what happens because you introduced the seventh team into both playoff pitches, because you introduced yeah. the extra two teams, this is the result of it. This is the consequence. This wasn't possible in a six-team playoff, but no, you got greedy and introduced the seventh team. You took away the second team's bye, so you could shoehorn another team in. I would love it. Honestly, it would be the best. I would get up. If, if the Colts lose on Sunday... I am setting an alarm and getting up at 1.30 in the morning to watch that, that Raiders-Chargers game. because That's I, exactly what the NFL wants you to do. <laughs> yeah, but... but they then, want you to watch. Boost yeah, the but figures. everyone would watch, but also everyone will be laughing at the NFL. Like, it yeah. would just be such a, like, a joke. And like they, it will be broadcasted everywhere, in every country, on every TV news channel. It would just be broadcasted everywhere because... You wouldn't just, it would just be the most unfathomable things putting 70,000 people into a stadium to watch Derek Carr and Justin Herbert take knees. Actually, F it. Don't even put Derek Carr in. Put Marcus Mariota back there and make him take knees to the game. I, I, I really, really, really hope. hope put the groundsman in. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I just want it to happen. Like Brandon Staley and whoever the, the replacement coach is for the, the, the uh, Raiders at the moment get together. Make it happen. But first and foremost, we need Trevor Lawrence to have a game against the Indianapolis Colts and let them beat them. It would make my season if it happened. And then we'll have a rule change in the next season where they change it back. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even care. Because <laughs> they'll realise, like, oh yeah, we don't want that to happen again. Oh, but no, I, I'm envisaging a, a scenario where they do that and then there's probably going to be like the Mourinho uh, Mourinho Mourinho uh, fake spike you know he did oh, that fake spike and he, can you imagine that one of the teams be, did that honestly yeah. there would be riots on the yeah, there would <laughs> there would be there would be a full if that happened in the last seconds 
and someone put themselves in field goal position to win the game or whatever, there would be a riot on on the yeah. field. Like, it would. <laughs> the fans would be on the pitch. The one charger fan would be on the pitch. It would just be. We it had a <laughs> it would one be, charge it, of fun. It would be wonderful. Uh, I'm all here for it. <laughs> you just want to see the world burn, mate. That's what Absolutely. you want. <laughs> right. I've enjoyed that show today. I really have. I, I really feel a little it. bit better than I did an hour ago. I'm not going to, I like, I, I admit, and I, I accept that the first half an hour of this show was a bit ranty, whereas there's a lot of anger, a lot of frustration there, but. The second half of the show's kind of perked me up a little bit, whether it's Drew Locke's smile or the thought of the Raiders and Chargers taking knees for 60 minutes and Roger Goodell's head in his hands. Well, I don't know what it is, but I feel a little bit better about everything going forward now. Unlike the Chiefs Bengals officiating, we finished strongly. <laughs> Did you plan that, Jake? <laughs> Did you plan that? No, I just thought about it there. Okay, that's why it wasn't very funny. <laughs> no, no, dad jokes. <laughs> and for more dad jokes, tune in next week. Right then, that's all we've got time for this week. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave us a rate and a review and check in with your boys from the kingdom every Wednesday here at Arrowhead Pride. And remember, you can also listen to more Chiefs-related content here on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network for all your Chiefs news and game reactions. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.